We have a very special episode coming up. We got the chance to sit down with Chancellor Reyes and talk all things UMass Athletics, conference realignment, women's hockey, his visions for the school, and way more. This is an awesome one, so let's go. Character. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 114 of High Character, presented by Homefield Apparel. We have a very special episode coming out for you guys. We got the chance to sit down and talk to the newest chancellor of the University of Massachusetts, Javier Reyes. Um, very kind of him to take the time to talk to us. We ran into him at Mullins a uh, couple of months back at this point. Uh, he actually said he wanted to come on the pod, so we we set it up, we organized it, and we were finally able to record with him. So really awesome conversation. We'll get into it shortly. My name is Cameron, uh, and once again, I am joined by my good friend, Evan. Evan, how you feeling, man? Feeling good. Like, I, I didn't, like, I mean, obviously, I feel like there are, you know, people that when we started off this podcast, we were really interested in interviewing. You know, like, we got Carvey on the pod. We want to get some, you know, some UMass hockey alumni on the pod. The first thing that crossed my mind was not the chancellor of the UMass system, but now after talking to him, it was amazing. You know what I mean? Like he is an amazing guy, like genuinely was super excited once he was, you know, ready to, you know, to talk to us and like get this all set up. I couldn't have been more through the roof. And as you guys will listen to, you know, throughout this pod, really, really great guy. So I'm really interested to have you guys listen to this and without farther ado, I say we just get into it. Well, first, I do have oh, to say of course. our our conversation with Chancellor Reyes is presented by Homefield Apparel, uh, premium collegiate apparel brand. They have over 150 schools. UMass is one of them, and they really excel in that vintage style, uh, old school looking designs, um, old logos. They got the Minuteman logo, the cursive view, all that kind of stuff. We have basically the full UMass line. We love it. Really high quality hoodies and stuff, really warm. Um, we got word that they even sent the whole line to the chancellor as well. So uh, we didn't get to talk to him about that, but he you might see him rocking some home field apparel around campus. Um, those really cool new UMass hockey designs. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a great brand. We've been really enjoying it so far. I've worn it to basically every game since we've gotten it. Yeah, you can tell me I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here because I was so excited about the uh, the chancellor interview. But I mean, it's obviously, you know, it's great. It's great to be a part of a uh, home field as well. I mean, they've been absolutely huge, you know, with just their support of us. We I love their stuff. I feel like I say this every episode, but I mean, I'm rocking. I'm usually rocking their hoodie that has like a little like the little Minuteman with the puck on it. Like I'm rocking that all the time. Like I absolutely love their stuff. It's nice and comfortable, Um, you know. I think kind of the big thing for me is that like I'm usually in cam. You know me. I'm one to underdress in the winter. Like I'm I'm never rocking like any sort of like crazy like you know big jackets or anything like that. I'm usually just rocking a hoodie. I put on a I put on a home field hoodie. I'm good to go for the most part. I put on a pair of gloves and I'm smiling. So I mean, love their stuff. It's nice and warm, nice and breathable, really comfortable. Can't say enough good things about them, man. Yeah, and if you want to go check it out, we can give you a nice little discount. Use code. Puck 10, that's P-U-C-K 10 at homefieldapparel.com. That'll give you 10% off your first UMass order. So pretty good deal there. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you've been living under a rock at this point. Go check out those designs. They're awesome. Um, you're gonna be wanna you're gonna wanna rock those at Mullins through the, the playoff push we got coming up here for sure. For sure. All right. So without further ado, here is our conversation with Chancellor Reyes. Watch out! 
We are joined today by the Chancellor of the University of Massachusetts Amherst, Javier Reyes. Chancellor Reyes, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. How are you doing today? Very good, very good, and thank you for having me. It's an honor. I know that we've been trying to do this took a while, but I appreciate the time and the opportunity. No, thank you so much for you know for taking the time out with us. Seriously. Um, so I guess just to to start right off, I mean, for those listeners who kind of might be unfamiliar with your kind of body of work, um, would you mind kind of taking us through your kind of career path and how you ended up at UMass? I'm happy to do it, uh, and I'll try to do it very quickly since it's a it's a I would say a little bit of a long journey. I mean, originally from Mexico. I grew up in Mexico, started my bachelor's degree there, finished my bachelor's degree in economics at Monterey Tech, Mexico. But while I was doing my degree, I was fortunate enough to get an internship. So I was working in investment banking, uh, running the Mexican Stock Exchange uh, building throughout my whole bachelor's degree. So that led to a very different view of the world, perhaps. And got pushed early in my career as, as, as soon as I was finishing my bachelor's to go pursue a graduate degree in, in the United States, which is something I w always wanted to do, but I thought it was going to take longer. was fortunate enough uh, to go to Texas A&M. Uh, did my, uh, my PhD in economics there. Uh, again, uh, I would say lucky and supported by my advisor, was, uh, I was able to go do an internship at the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development uh, for two summers in a row, and then decided that my career was always thought that I was going to go back to Mexico and work for the central bank or work in investment banking there. And my advisor convinced me that my career was in academia uh, and uh, doing research and really moving at the frontier of knowledge in economics. So I did that, went to the University of Arkansas. Uh, I was there for 16 years. Uh, the first six years was uh, really doing my research and my, my, my faculty position. My seven and eight year really started turning into administration, still doing the faculty and the research and then administration, led online education for the university as vice provost, was an associate dean. We, we, we fast forward into year 13 and I'm actually able to join West Virginia University as the dean of the College of Business, now the Chambers College of Business. I was there for six years. I was also vice president for economic development at the same time that I was dean. Uh, and then the pandemic, the pandemic hits. And of course, during the pandemic, thinking a lot about what you're doing, I decided to change jobs. And I went to the University of Illinois, Chicago uh, for as provost, uh, really continuing my academic administration career. Um, six months into it, uh, the, the, the chancellor of UIC uh, decides to move to the University of South Carolina to go back home. He had been there as provost and he became the president. So completely understandable, got the opportunity to be a uh, name interim chancellor uh, uh, for that year, that uh, my second year at UIC. I think I did a good job uh, and UMass came calling to see if I would be interested in applying for the position at UMass. And that, that day I will never forget. Uh, that call and that sense of this is UMass, this is an incredible institution, uh, such highly regarded in research and academics and everything in its sports, in its arts and its influence throughout the Commonwealth yeah. and IRF. So it was nerve wracking at first. I was pushed by my wife Maritza to say, yes, you should apply. And I applied and here we are seven months into the job and hopefully doing well for everyone and your audience too 
they're the best the, the best judgment of it so hopefully they agree i feel awesome my wife and i are doing i mean really feeling at home uh embraced by the community of the university and outside of the university and it's it's been a phenomenal experience so that's a quick lightning rod of my career so awesome that is lovely to hear you're doing well so far here obviously very rich career in academia, uh, but we're a UMass hockey podcast first thing. So we love sports as a whole. I, I was curious what your history with sports was growing up. Did you have any favorite sports that you watched or played, or did you have any favorite teams? Uh, I'm originally from Mexico, so I play football, soccer, <laughs> yeah. uh, for uh, all my all the way until high school. From when when I was maybe seven or eight years old, all the way to finishing high school. I didn't play my last year of high school. Uh, because I, I wasn't going to go to college for soccer or anything. So, but I always follow the soccer, Mexican Mexican soccer. Las Aguilas del America are my team. Uh, we just won the championship, just so you know. It was great. Um, but then I also had uh, been in the in Mexico. There has been always an influence of the U.S. sports in Mexico, especially NBA and NFL. Uh, the teams of that are well known in Mexico when I was growing up from the NBA would have been the, the, the Boston Celtics, the LA Lakers, the, it would have been the San Antonio Spurs, uh, the Pistons, uh, that those would be the things that would be on television. So naturally, if you do a poll of Mexican, Mexicans my age, you will see that there's teams that wish usually cut your attention. So don't hold this against me. I became an LA Lakers fan, so but I can't wait to go see the Celtics and then maybe change my stripes. You never know. Um, but then the same thing happens with the NFL. There's a specific teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Raiders. It would have been the 49ers. It would have been the Miami Dolphins. It would have been the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. So again, don't hold that against me. <laughs> I also have a reason uh, uh, that Rafael Septiem, who used to be a kicker for the Cowboys, is my mom's cousin. Oh, wow. So, if you have if you have a, a a second uncle sort of playing in the NFL, you, yeah. you're, you're an impressionable kid. Uh, so I became a Cowboys fan, and uh, and that's where I've been. But I've always followed sports. Uh, it has always been. I mean, watching the Olympics, so uh, watching tennis, watching gymnastics. I mean, it's just like the volleyball. I mean, I don't know, but I enjoy watching it. I don't know the teams. I don't know the Sometimes I don't know all the rules, to be honest, uh, but I just enjoy the atmosphere and the social uh, gatherings that happen around sports uh, that I think bring the very best of people uh, to rally around a group of people that are representing you somehow and you feel that you're part of that team. So uh, that has been my story. I did, uh, I wouldn't consider it a sport, but it's more of a hobby for me. I did, did some skateboarding. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, not, never made it past the quarter pipe, uh, but it was uh, a hobby that I had. And I enjoy playing sports and video games in everything. I mean, that's every every sport playing in video games is something that I truly, truly enjoy. Same so here. Since <laughs> you have that in the, in, in, in the Atari, the Intellivision, and then Nintendo and PlayStation and everything, now Xbox and it's just something that I continue to play. I still play the, now you don't call it FIFA anymore, but I still call it FIFA and Madden. Uh, I, I enjoy playing those, so. One of us, <laughs> honestly. <laughs>
Uh, yeah, no. So, I mean, it's, it's obviously, it's very clear, you know, ever since you've gotten to UMass, you've been a massive advocate for our, you know, school's athletic programs. Like there's no denying that much more so than previous chancellors, we think. Um, both of us appreciate, we appreciate that immensely, obviously. Um, and we love seeing you rock the hockey jersey. Like it's a great look, <laughs> probably one of my favorite jerseys. Um, and obviously, you know, the programs and a lot of our supporters and, you know, appreciate you as well. So, did anything really kind of specifically spark that interest, like, you know, just in collegiate athletics and especially for UMass in general? Because I feel like it's something that we're, we're not quite used to kind of from our chancellors. Well, I mean, I think it, it does have something to do when I went to uh, when I was even in Mexico. Right. What would you do on the New Year's Day? Uh, you would sit down and, and, and watch uh, football. Right. You, you would watch the Rose Bowl. You would watch the. The orange ball. I mean, you you were always just watching on TV, and so it was an impression I made. So when I went to Texas A&M, I immediately started going to the athletic events. Right? I I liked football and I liked basketball. I wanted to go. So it started to instill in me just uh, attending those events, and then I realized quickly what is it about. Yes, it's about the game. It's about the student athletes. It's about the representation of the school, but it's also about the community engagement. Uh, enabler. It brings everyone together. I mean, uh, I enjoy so I enjoy so much being at the games at Mullins or any of our sports, and I really enjoy just watching the game. Yes, but watching the people enjoying the game, and not only alumni, not only adults. I enjoy watching so much those little kids, and now we're bringing to Mullins and yeah, just yeah. just seeing them support the team and just seeing them yell when somebody's about to shoot a free throw or. When the refs make a call, the kids just yell. I don't know. I, I mean, they, they just they understand the game better than I do. I think. Uh, or just seeing them jump on the court every now and then to when they they get the opportunity to play or participate with the audience, right? So, it is just a social event that I think it's so important to bring people together for a common objective, which is supporting a team, supporting your school, supporting a group of student athletes. And I have to say that it, it happens, of course, in Mullins and in all our athletic events and areas when you go to McWork and when you go to even now with the lacrosse stadium or when you go watch soccer. It happens there in a little bit more uh, noisy way than what I also see what it happens in the, in, the, in the art center, right? It's the same type of thing. When you go see the orchestra play, it's the students performing. And it's the same thing. You see the different types of different people from the community, alumni, as well as faculty, as well as community engagement, as well as kids, prospective students, that, and the parents of those kids supporting the, the, the student performers. So I think it happens in a different level of environment because of noise is not accepted at the faculty center. So, but you see it. So to me, it's the same reason why I support the sports. It's the same reason why I want to support the arts as well. And it's all around our student experience and how they bring our community together. Awesome. awesome. Love hearing that. Um, you you mentioned some other aspects of the university um, that involve like student life. Uh, obviously, University of Massachusetts excels in many areas. It's ranked really highly nationally in quality of education, research, uh, dining, things like that. Obviously, there will always be room improvement for those categories. But um, is our raising our athletic department as a whole um, to similar levels of national relevance as those categories uh, a priority for you? I think it's, it will always be a priority to get better. Mm -hmm. And it's 
defining what is to get better and what's the pathway to get better and then being able to do it in a sustained way right you have to create something that it's you can sustain it you can have that momentum and you can keep it there will always be change especially in athletics i mean we've seen it uh with some of our teams when when there's a change in leadership in that coaching staff it always falters and that that always happens the same thing happens in academics when you lose one of the top faculty members those programs take a time to to rebuild so i think it's important to not lose sight of yes we want to always have and uh, the goal of getting better being competitive when it comes to athletics being uh, attractive when it comes to the arts and attract those crowds to come see us to engage with us so you you, you always want to have that kind of uh, momentum and energy behind you but it should not detract us from one thing that we want to be a great athletics program but we want to be a great student athletics program mm -hmm. right and what that means is not only the student athletes doing great in their sport but also doing well and very good in their careers and in their academics mm -hmm. and that's something that we should never detract from in any again the same thing goes with the arts the same thing goes with students that engage with our community. So being able to be true to, we're students first. We happen to be student performers or student athletes, and that should be supported. There's no doubt. And if we're gonna have those programs, they should be competitive in their own realms. And they should be something that we look up to and we look to support and we look to rally around. But then you wanna make sure that it is not only a one year and a half, and not, how can you build that sustained progress? And, and that's what we're after. And I think when you look at Ryan Banford and what he has done, he is he's incredible. He has that vision. This is not something that I'm coming out on my own head. This is conversations that I have had with him about what he's building, about how he's making sure that we can be have sustainable programs that continue to attract the talent of students, the crowds to support, and build the affinity to the university for the alumni and for the community that supports us. I absolutely love that answer. Like, I mean, yeah, of course. And I mean, so kind of shifting away from that, you know, like since you've been here and kind of going to all the games and everything, is there kind of one sport in particular that you've kind of really enjoyed and you've, you know, particularly kind of garnered that affinity to and started to rally around that maybe you, you actually didn't really think that you would actually enjoy as much as you do? I would say, I mean, this is the first university in which I have uh, hockey, right? Mm -hmm. So I haven't had hockey in, in the university, ice hockey. So I, I have learned to, to really start appreciating it. And it's a wonderful atmosphere. I did play hockey in my Nintendo when it was called, the game was called, I think, Blades of Steel, I think yep. it was at the time. So I did play it. Uh, I remember coming to the U.S. in a trip with my parents at some point and being in a hotel that had an arcade. And they have this bubble, acrylic bubble, that's just like the foosball, but it's hockey. Yep. So I played it in that level, but I never understood it. So I'm gaining an affinity for it. And, and it, it has a lot of that ambience that you see in football and basketball. But I will tell you one thing. One, one sport that I have also not, I just experienced for the first time was lacrosse. I went to see the lacrosse, our, our women's team, and I really enjoyed that. It was cold, by the way. I don't know how they play in that weather. <laughs> yeah. They're really great. Uh, but at the same time, I saw the lacrosse uh, women, and then I came back to see the lacrosse for men's, and it's completely different, right? So I'm starting to understand the difference between that game and, and really appreciate it. 
uh, when I had never seen a, a field hockey game before, and I went to a few games this past year. And again, it's, 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 you, you get to see the same things at different scales with different affinity groups around them, but you're achieving the same objective in all of our sports. You're supporting our team, creating an affinity of the university and bringing your community together. Um, and I, that's, that's, that's what I look for. Uh, I have to say that it's been, it's been a lot of fun to, to get to know all the student athletes. Awesome. Yeah, hockey, yeah. hockey's a good answer for this <laughs> podcast for sure. <laughs> All right. So speaking of other sports, um, UMass football, there's been a lot of discourse uh, amongst the fan base about the football program, finding a home in a conference. We've heard from our athletic director, Ryan Bamford, that it's something the school's actively working towards. I'm just curious what your involvement in something like that would be um, and your your opinion, if you think it would be a really big priority to just get in a conference or kind of wait for that that perfect fit. I mean, I think it's important to wait for a, for a perfect fit. And you have to remember that it's a double coincidence of ones, meaning we want, we want to have to, we want to find the conference where we fit in, but then it's also that the conference believes that we fit in. So mm -hmm. it's not a, hey, I want to go to that one, that one, or that one. You really have to understand that they are looking for expansion, or they're looking for other teams, and then see if that's a good fit for you. So we spend a lot of time talking about the importance of it. Why, why, what are the pros of being able to be in a conference? And of course, it would provide a lot of certainty for a program, right? Mm -hmm. For recruiting, for you know who you're playing, you know where you're traveling to, you can create your fan base, you can really build a, a program in a different way than when it's so changing and so volatile in its different uh, schedules. So we work on it. I can tell you, Ryan and I meet monthly and it's always uh, how are we doing? What are the options? What are we seeing? Uh, what are the possibilities? What conversations have we heard? What's happening in other conferences? And finding the right one is what we're looking for. Uh, but I know if I, it may sound that I just hear once a month, then you can imagine as you see me with Ryan in every game, we're sitting together and we're talking, he gives me updates. Uh, so I know that it's, it's in the radar, it's on his radar screen constantly and making sure that you're looking for that opportunity that gets really close to the middle of the of the of the target zone. Say, hey, this is one that we should go after, and we're looking for that. I know a lot of people are, are itching for news. There, um, is there any update that you could give us in terms of that topic, or is it more of just a wait and see? It's a wait and see. It's okay. a wait and see because, as you know, this is a very volatile topic as well. When mm -hmm. something is, it's, it's it starts to give a signal, it just takes a life on its own. So at the moment, it's just. Wait and see. There's really no, no nothing that is concrete yet, uh, but there's different conversations and different efforts uh, behind the scenes. Of course, and then you know, obviously, one sport that's probably pretty exempt from that conversation is hockey. You know, we have a pretty stable home in Hockey East. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have kind of been, you know, expressing. I feel like because both to us in person and online, there's there's a big desire for a women's hockey team. I think there's basically in you know women's hockey East that has you know basically all the same members besides UMass for the most part. Um, is, is that something that you would like to see? Do you see it kind of as a, as a realistic opportunity, you know, assuming if it has enough support, what are, what are kind of your thoughts on a women's hockey team joining UMass? I, I mean, I think it's something that we have to evaluate. And I know Ryan will be the first person to tell me when he thinks this is something that would come into a radar screen. Uh, I know that the, our sports, our club sports for women's hockey have been doing well. I just did with them. Uh, once and I want to make sure that all our club sports have funding to continue to thrive. 
but I have not yet seen that the, the jump off into into the conversation of of, of uh, uh, adding it to our sponsored sports in the NCAA uh, from our conference. But I I'll, I'll ask Ryan about it. <laughs> of course, we, we'd love to hear back from you. Um, but um, yeah, so there was also you know a really really fun moment earlier this year. You ended up getting a bobblehead that well, was made for you. It was given away at a basketball game. Something you know super cool. It must have been awesome. Um, how awesome was that for you to see for the first time? Did you ever really think about or even dream about having a bobblehead in your likeness being made? No, I mean, I I, I know that uh, I, I had thought of maybe my kids one day will give me one and say, hey, uh, but then to see them around campus and to see them, in, I walk into offices of some of the, the faculty administration that I, that I walk into around Whitmore and around the campus and I see the bobblehead, I'm like, Wow, it it is kind of a, 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 a it's it's a it's a moment, right? It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's one of that makes you stop, and uh, it's it's great to have it. Uh, I I only think that they needed to make sure that that bobblehead not only says yes, it should say. Right? It says, I don't know if you saw the video by the basketball team that they did. They were asking questions, and then the bobblehead was answering them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't give them ideas. I can see where that bubble is going to show up next. <laughs> That's hilarious. But it's uh, it, it has been uh, again one of those things that this university, this community, have embraced my wife and I so much that it's it's a it's a fun part of the job of the job. It's a serious job, but it has its light moments, and it has these moments that it gives you a little bit uh, to say, hey, you're supported here. You embrace as part of this community, uh, and and it, it was a great moment. Um, I've, I've been thinking about maybe a year from now, two years from now, we'll do a, 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 a take two of that bobblehead, and then three years from now, four years we'll do a take three, and then we'll have a, a team of bobbleheads later on and see what it could be. Uh, but it, it's some of my friends from Mexico, some of my friends from uh, my other universities where I've been have told me, hey, I want a bobblehead. I want a bobblehead. I, where do I get one? I saw it online. I started, so it, it, it has provided me some, some really good moments of joy and fun to talk about it. So I'll be always grateful for, for that because it, it means something. Amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, we know your schedule is tight. We want to get you out of here as soon as possible. We're just going to finish on a couple, couple fun rapid-fire questions. Yeah. That's cool. All right, so first one, what is your favorite place to eat on campus? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I would say my favorite place to eat on campus, it depends on what I'm eating. Uh, because if I'm looking for sushi, I'll go to perhaps Franklin or, or, or Hampshire. If I go, if I'm looking for the stir fry in Hampshire, it's really good. If I'm looking for the sort of the demonstration kitchens and all that, I'll go to Worcester Dining. If I'm looking for just look at, uh, at well, I have to say, if I'm looking for for some dessert, I have to go to a blue wall and just walk into that place where you see the bakery and you're like, yep. I can't make it past that and go to others. But they they have a really good uh, uh, sort of a, a variety of things that you can get there. So I, it depends on what I'm eating. And to be honest, that what I enjoy most about dining on campus is just sitting down with our students. Mm -hmm. And walking. I, I had yesterday the, the the section of the marching band for the trombone section, inviting my wife and I to go have dinner with them, uh, and it was a blast. It was a blast. We went to Franklin. It was a blast. So, it's all about the community. You yeah. love to see that. All right. Favorite 
place to eat off campus? Uh, I think we love at the moment. We have love pasta. Rasta has been really, 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 really good. I mean, we've okay. done yeah. twice, and um, and the other one that I tried the other day was uh, and that I that I promised that I would try it uh, when we went there and it was closed, and then we came back. It was Dippy Dose. Was another one that I that I tried. So we really like it. All right. Um, do you have a favorite building on campus? Oh, I think so. Uh, I I really love the student union. Mm -hmm. Just how it feels when you walk in there. Just just seeing the students studying, the students having. I mean, you have the student you walking and you see that stairwell, but you also look to the right. You have student government, so you know you're in a place where this is a student place. But it's not just a, 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 a just a fun place to be. You see them studying, but you also see them organizing themselves. You see a student organization, and then that that beautiful, beautiful uh, uh, event space that they have on the on the on the second floor is just gorgeous. So I I know that was a recent renovation. They did an incredible, incredible, incredible job. Yeah, we we just missed that building in our time there, which was unfortunate, but yeah. it was beautiful. Yes. Do you have a favorite part of Western Massachusetts since you've moved out here? Well, I have. I've been. The university has kept me going really, really fast here, so I haven't gotten the chance to go around different places. But I have to say that we have driven around Western Massachusetts and we have driven to towards the, the Boston area, and just that drive that we took around October, late October, early November, it was just. Gorgeous. I mean, we were driving and we could not stop saying, look at those trees and look at those leaves and look at that reflection on the lake. And it was just gorgeous. But we have gone to different places. Uh, I'm, I'm actually this weekend going to go to Berkshire's and visit that. We have done, we stay very regional and uh, going to Northampton a lot. Uh, but uh, I want to do more traveling around the Western Mass. And I know we'll be, I'm going to Mass Mocha. Uh, tomorrow, uh, so I, I'm starting to ask my team, "Hey, get me, get me around different areas." So I'll tell you more on that, uh, perhaps by the end of this this semester. Uh, it has been it was a fast and furious fall semester and spring semester. The cold weather it keeps in, keeps us indoors, but spring's coming. People tell me so. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah. All right. Awesome. That looks like we're kind of up at the end of our time. Thank you so much for taking the time with us. We really appreciate getting to talk to you and get to know you a little better. No, I appreciate you. And really what I tell people is uh, this, this conversation started because you stopped me and say hello, introduce yourselves. And I, I cannot tell you how much that means. Really, as someone coming in and you didn't have to, uh, I, and you approach me and say hello, you invited me to participate on this, but it is, it is what I tell all students and everyone and say, hey, when I'm together and if you see me on cross campus, stop me and say hello. Uh, tell me how things are going. Sometimes I'm running from one space to another and I don't have really time to stop, but I, I tell people walk with me or if they really want to tell me something, I say, hey, let's get an appointment. Let's get on the calendar to at least have coffee or something. Uh, so uh, I cannot tell you how much, how much it means to go from that moment when you someone say hello to now being in the podcast. It means, means, means a lot. Man of the people. Thank you. Genuinely. Thank you so much. I know you, you know, you don't have much time left, but I just wanted to express thank you once again. Like absolutely just appreciate your genuineness, you know, just your generosity of your time. Thank you a ton. Thank you very much. And I'll see you at Mullins. See Sounds you. Sounds like a plan. We'll see you. Take care. Take care. Bye.
And that was our conversation with the newest chancellor of the University of Massachusetts, Chancellor Reyes. Um, he was, I, for lack of better words, just a delight to talk to. That was awesome. Yeah, seriously. I mean, he like, I feel like there was there were some questions that we asked there where, you know, he gave extremely like detailed and like genuine answers to things. Like, I feel like that was kind of an opportunity because I don't know, it seems like just like from what I've seen from, you know, from previous chancellors, like they tend to be like more reserved, I feel like, but I feel like this was like super candid, you know what I mean? Like he was just willing to just talk about how he got here, how much he enjoys it here. Like you can tell, you know, we probably said it, you know, during the actual interview, but like big time, like man of the people vibes, like he was talking about like, how he still plays video games and stuff like he's playing like fifa and madden and stuff i'm like i do that you know what i mean <laughs> like this guy is literally the main leader of our university and he's realistically just like us you know what i mean like he's just another he's a dude you know <laughs> like it's great so he you know it was really great to kind of hear his perspective on things and just kind of you know what type of person he is you know what i mean and you could tell he's super genuine super candid so i was very very happy to have him on the pod great guest overall he really was. And uh, obviously, uh, we didn't ask people what they wanted to hear from him. We kind of assumed uh, the conference talk and the, the women's hockey team talk would kind of be at the forefront. Um, we tried to ask it in the best way possible. I know he said, if you see him on campus, you can go up and talk to him. Please don't berate him with conference yeah. questions. Um, he, can, he can only share so much. But that was good to get a little bit of the insight. Uh, monthly meetings with Bamford and then more uh, in the middle going to games and stuff. So interesting stuff there. Um, curious if you have any any opinions on any of those two questions that he said kind of our more prominent questions from the interview i mean i'll be honest i'm just happy that he actually said something you know what i mean like he could have easily just been like you know no comment not a lot to talk about it right now yeah. we got to keep it under wraps but he at least like brought in a little bit of insight as to you know like things are being worked on like you know you can't like like i said he could have easily just dismissed the question say sorry i can't talk about that mm -hmm. so the fact that he was even willing to entertain them Granted, you know, not a ton of info, but again, this is a, you know, some work in progress. Things are moving constantly. He he probably used one of the best words possible, volatile. Like things can change literally at any moment. Like a conference could break up. Teams could move from one conference to another, make a new opening. You just, you never know what's on the table at any given moment. So, I mean, it was good to hear something about that. I really am curious to see kind of how like the whole women's hockey thing kind of develops. It sounds like, you know, based off of his answer, it's still very, you know, very early, you know, if, if really being talked about at all, but it, it definitely sounded like he was open to it. You know what I mean? Like, it's something that, you know, you, you got to talk to the entire athletics department about, Hey, if we get Bamford on the pod next, what we could see, you know, maybe we could get another, you know, an, another answer out of that. So we'll see how it ends up in the future, but yeah, definitely some interesting answers for sure. Yeah. And, uh, he was great just getting to talk to him. Um, you could tell really down to earth guy, like you said. So um, if you do see him on campus or at Mullen Center, definitely go talk to him. He's very friendly. Uh, we just shook his hand, wanted to say welcome to the university. And he's uh, it's like, oh, like we told him about our podcast. He's let me come on kind of thing. So very nice guy. Uh, you love to see it, especially at the, the helm of the university. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, that was our conversation. Our next episode is going to be the series recap for the UConn series, which has turned into an absolutely massive series in terms of its implications on the standings and UMass's chances in the playoffs. So that's going to be a big one. Of course, we'll be in the arena for both those games. So keep an eye out for us. Uh, I think that's all we got for this one. So really excited for this weekend. Really excited that we got to talk to Chancellor Reyes. Uh, and go UMass. Go UMass. Take care, everybody. Can't wait for the next interview. Love Chancellor Reyes.